Graham, and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. This week, the Archbishop shares the importance of ministry connections, experiences, and the biblical foundation necessary to become effective in our mandate and interceding for the next generation. You can stay connected to the ministry by clicking the link to become a patron and join us in person at our Global Prayer Summit 2022 on the 13th to the 16th of July in Maryland, USA. Register now at ndwministries.org. Know and believe by faith that this is God's word to transform your life today. Be empowered as you listen. Come with me to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49, reading from verse 1 to 3, Genesis 49. We are better together. Tell somebody again, we are better together. Listen, I don't care the reason why you refuse to fellowship with others. You can't justify. You can't be offended. You can't be bitter. You can't be hurt. Whatever it is, is not enough because it's just a matter of time hear me something was not destroyed because he was weak something was destroyed because he was smart he was skillful he was intelligent he was anointed he was strong this was a man that killed a lion with nothing in his hands with a bare hand nothing he killed a lion that was how anointed and so so powerful he was he died alone It wasn't weakness that killed him. It was strength and brilliance, intelligent, skill. I'm very worried about skillful, brilliant, and intelligent men and women. They they die prematurely. Because when you think you don't need anybody, you're in trouble. Whenever you think you are so gifted and so anointed, and I worry about gifted people, I worry about anointed people. Because Satan was very anointed. That's what Satan's done for. He was so anointed. He was an anointed cherub. So anointed. So skillful. That he felt like he didn't need anybody. And whenever you get to a place. And you think you are so self-sufficient. You don't need anybody. You are headed for disaster. Uh, Hear me something. God hasn't called us to be successful. And he hasn't called us to be anointed. He hasn't called us to be gifted. He hasn't called us to be big. He called us to be faithful. And at the end of the race, hear me, Jesus is not going to say, thou successful and anointed and gifted servant. He's going to say, thou good and faithful. Were you faithful in the mandate? Were you faithful in what God called you to? And we got to be careful of this thing we call success. Success is killing us. Because in the name of success, we are destroying the old landmarks. In the name of success, we are moving away from heaven's protocol. I was telling them in the morning service that when I became a pastor, I never proclaimed myself a pastor. The principal of my Bible school and three prophets from England and Bishop Coker and others came to ordain me as a pastor. When I became a bishop, I was consecrated by those above me in the office of a bishop. When I became an archbishop, they came from all over the world, archbishops and bishops above me to consecrate me to that office. I've never self-proclaimed myself to be anything. Hands of hands have always been laid upon me because I understand that God's pattern and God's protocol and way of doing it is for those ahead of you to impact you by laying hands on you. And if that is not done, there is no continuity. Where did you come from? Of which of the tribes of Israel do you belong to? Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. What is your tribe? David was of the tribe of Judah. What is your tribe? Paul, the tribe of Benjamin. What tribe do you belong to? Where do you come from? Who laid hands on you? Paul studied at the feet of Gamaliel. At whose feet did you study? Who anointed you? 
When I see people say, well, as for me, I was born with a gift. Nobody is born with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can only function in the nine gifts of the Spirit. The revelational gifts, the vocal gifts, the power gifts, the gifts that reveal something, the gifts that say something, the gifts that does something, only when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's right. So if you tell me you were born with that gift, I'm suspicious of your gift. God said the other day, he said that I have something against you because you've made that woman who calls herself a prophetess, self-proclaimed prophetess. You've made a teacher in my church to feed my servant with food dedicated to idols and to cause them to commit fornication, sexual immorality. Something is off. And if we don't go back to God's original intent and pattern for our lives, it doesn't matter how big we become, it's just a matter of time. If you study God generous and you look at people like A.A. Allen, build a whole city. Men like William Braham and John G. Lake, Alexander Dowie, Zion City, build a whole city. Where, where, what became of it? What became of their mantles? What became of their giftings? Where are the next generation after them? We never followed God's pattern. It was all about us. And that is very dangerous. When it's about you and it's about me and it's not about the move of God and the kingdom of God, we become self-centered, greedy, and selfish. I was telling Dr. David, Angie, I said, when I moved 30 years ago to the Spring Test Road in Ghana, there was nothing from ShopRite to Sakumono Junction. Today, we have over 400 churches on the Spring Test Road alone. And East Legon, over 300. And out of action, the main mother church are built and raised 48 branches in the city, and I'm still packed. Give and it shall be given your bread upon the water this selfishness we have when everybody is thinking about themselves it's it's evil it's not the kingdom we have to stop building our own denomination and think about how we can expand the ministry how we can impact how we can empower and help one another and become better the enemy is not afraid of you, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how powerful you are. He's only afraid of us when we are together. When we are together. Tell somebody we are better together. We are better. There, is, there are some dimensions in God and there is a realm in God that you never attain until you learn to flow with others. Modali Katu Hassad. Makadula Mahasia, hey, Kudahavan, Melintu Kadim, Davalandu Wahalias, Mayakatu Wahalias. It doesn't matter how gifted you think you are, it's just a matter of time. David was so strong and so anointed, and yet, the Bible said, when David was old, and we had one of Goliath's brothers, who was a giant, he ambushed David with a new sword. That where the new sword means he came up with a new virus, a new strategy, a new technique that David was not used to. And one of David's mighty men came and intercepted the guy, took the sword and slew him and preserved David. There come a time you never know who you're going to need. And I was telling David, don't you remember coming? I said, you know, David, when you lived in my house as that young man, I never knew that one day. You're going to end up in London here, have a church for me to come pray and worship with. And have, have, have you give my church's opportunity to use the same place you worship on Sunday night. I never knew that. So I said, you never know when you are blessing people, when you are helping people's children, you never know what you are doing. You are helping yourself. You are helping your children. And especially if you have children, you must always be nice to other people's children. If you have children and grandchildren, be very careful what you do to other people's children. It doesn't matter what they do wrong and how they offend you and they hurt you. People think I'm so forgiving, Papa, forgiving. No, 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 no. It's not that I'm so forgiving. I understand that forgiveness is a command. 
it's not a suggestion. And when God asks me to forgive, what it simply means is that surrender and hand it over to me. Step aside. I'm the judge. You are not the judge. Don't pass a verdict on anybody. Judge not that you may not be judged. I don't want to be judged. So I let God be the child. And when I hand it over to God, it does not mean that you are off the hook and you are going free. It's just a matter of time. God will deal with you. But not me. I have nothing to do with it. But one thing God allows me is this. That I can choose to trust or not to trust you. I will forgive you, but I don't trust you. I don't trust you. And I will love you from afar. And I'll deal with you, but you never come into my holies of holies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to work for that. You have to end my trust again. But as for forgiveness, it is good for my soul. You know, Nelson Mandela said something the other day. He said, as I stand at the door to my freedom, I realize that if I don't put behind me my bitterness, hatred and unforgiveness for what apartheid have done to me i will walk through the door of freedom and i'll still be in prison there are so many people still in prison because you are still living with your past still allowing the pain the betrayal the hurt the bitterness the hatred of what was done to you in the past you never let it go you keep bringing it up and repeating it but let me tell you something so many people hurt me they hurt me and I have to let it go and forgive. And years after, some of those people who hurt me, God used those same people to bless me like I've never been blessed before. So what am I saying here? If I didn't forgive, and if I didn't let it go, if I didn't let God fix it, I would have lost certain opportunities in life. Because you see, the same people the devil used to hurt you are the same people that God had also planned to bless you. But the enemy is the counterfeiter of everything God does. So what the enemy does is that he's okay. Uh-huh. So this person is supposed to bless him, fine. I will set him up and let the person who is supposed to bless him hurt him. And let me see how you can handle it. If you don't learn how to handle pain, you will never last in ministry. The Bible said, the Bible said, a wounded spirit who can bear so when the enemy wants to destroy you he attacks your spirit he afflicts you a wounded spirit who can bear so many people are hemorrhaging in ministry they don't carry the oil they don't carry the anointing they don't have the presence of God they are not making impact they are stuck in their past through unforgiveness bitterness they offended they are hurt and they'll never go past it and so you are marking time you're marking that you're still where you are you ain't going nowhere because you have become a judge of others. God said, vengeance is mine, I'll repay. You know, when I see Dr. Michael Bassett, I'm not surprised he's 80 and he's going to go beyond 80. Amen. Yeah. And you know why? Michael has been through hell and high water. You talk about being betrayed? You talk about being used and stabbed at the back, being misrepresented? You talk about scandalization and stigmatization? There is nothing this man hasn't been through. And yet he walks in forgiveness. Yet he walks in love. Are you hearing me, somebody? The enemy can use the very people God has designed to bless you, to hurt you. That's right. And as soon as they hurt you, and you haven't developed the ability to let go and let God deal with it, you forfeit the blessing that God has programmed for you through them. I have been betrayed, used, misrepresented, stabbed on my back by people that I bless and help. I brought people to this country, to Europe, to America, North America, everywhere. They are citizens. They don't even send me on my birthday a WhatsApp or a text. Christmas, they don't even remember me. But you know something, who cares? I didn't do it for them. Whatever I did, it was as a result of God. Because who am I? I came from nothing. I, I came from nowhere to somewhere. It's God that blessed me. And if God decides to use me to bless others, fine. 
I don't expect anything. I was telling them at the service this morning. I said, I've been preaching for 45 years. The, the, the biggest blessing I've had in ministry for 45 years didn't come from a Christian. It came from an atheist. It came from somebody who said, I don't believe in Jesus. And I don't know your Jesus, but I've observed you and I've watched you and I believe that you are a true man of God and you are making me to become a believer. I just want to bless you. And atheists, not Christians. The land we have in Ghana, action, the church there, that huge land you see there, it wasn't given to me by a Christian. It was given to me by a Muslim friend of mine, Alaji Abbas Cuba of blessed memory. That's why you got to love people. Because you never know who God will use to impact your life. You never know where the blessing will come from. And I have learned never to make any man my source. I believe God. He's my source. He said to Abraham the other day, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I have learned to look up and to believe God. No matter what, I look up and I say, God, you are my source. And I don't know when and how. And I don't know when the next blessing and miracle will come from. But I trust you. And God has always blown my mind. I've never lacked. I've never want. I've always had abundance. Whatever I've lived. God has always provided for me. I've lived in places that I didn't qualify to live when I lived in America. The best in every area where I live. God put me there. And they said, you are not qualified. You don't have a credit. And then they'll change their mind. And they'll say, you know what? Even though you are not qualified, we're going to take chance. We just, we don't know how, we don't know why, but we just think that we can trust you. And, and they helped me. And I've seen over and over again. You know why? Because there's somebody up there that say, if you make me your source, I'll blow your mind. And I always tell my kids, I say, the only day and the only time that I'm finished is when the word of God ceases to be the word of God. But as long as the Bible remains God's word, your conspiracy shall not stand neither shall it come to pass and I will outlive and I will outlast all my enemies and all those who devise my head and are waiting for an occasion to prove a point or to make a statement against me or my seat is just a matter of time. I will outlive you and I will outlast you. When Ora Robert was, in, was alive, his student asked him one day, they said, they said, Ora Robert, what do you want to be remembered for? And he said, I want to be remembered as one that lasted. Not as one that was successful. Not that one that was huge. But I want to be remembered as one that lasted. I called on my pastors and my bishop. The other I was talking to him. And I said, and I said, when all of you, when I've seen all of you off to heaven, then I'll decide what time to go. <laughs> Tell someone, don't even try. Don't even think it. See, I shall not die prematurely. Shall I not die by land, by air, by water, or by food, or in my sleep? But I'll live and declare the wonders of God in the land of the living. I will not see death until I have finished my assignment and accomplished that which was spoken in eternity written in the volumes of the books in eternity long before time began and i will not bury any of my children my wife will not be a widow my children will not be fatherless in the name of jesus put your hands together say amen Somebody said, why do you say all those things? I say them because I know the evil out there. There's evil. There's evil out there. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And every now and then, we have to rehearse the scriptures. We have to make known the word of God. As a rebuke against the enemy. That don't even try it. Let their imaginations come to a halt. 
Yea, let their counsel be broken in pieces. Let their verdicts be disappointed. We raise counter petitions and we raise counter motions against every motion of the enemy. We raise a counter objection. We override every objection of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, say yes. Say I break loose and free. Say I secure the next generation on the account of the blood of Jesus. Say I will outlast and out outlive every adversary by the power of Jesus' name. Sit down for a minute. Go ahead, please. My scripture. Genesis 49. Yeah, from this one. And Jacob called unto his sons yeah. and said, Gather yourself together. You see the strategy? He didn't speak to them individually. He said, Gather. See, say, Gather. Say, Gather. See, these are the days of gatherings. See, these are the days of gatherings of ourselves, the gatherings of one another. These are not the days to be on your own. These are not the days to, to, to break from the fellowship of the brethren. It's dangerous. When I hear people are broken away, they've left the church, they're starting their own ministry, I feel sad for you. And especially for some of you who nobody has laid hands upon you. No father has laid hands and impacted anything on you. You don't have anything. You have no spiritual depths, no roots. You didn't come from anywhere. You were a lost soul. And you think you are gifted and anointed. Ministry is not about gift and anointing. Tell me. And I told a young pastor the other, I said, don't seek for success, seek for longevity. Because you can have success and not live long. But if you have longevity, you have success. And hear me, don't be fooled about success because heaven's definition of success is different from earth's definition of success. What we call success means nothing to God. Too many things don't impress me anymore. And, and I've come, I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know something? One of the mistakes I've done in life and I've repented for is the fact that I sacrifice character for gifts. It's one of the major mistakes I've done in ministry. Yeah. I sacrifice character for gifts. I dealt with people gifted but without character. And I kept on focusing on the gifts and ignored the character and it came to hurt me. And I said, Father, forgive me. Jesus said, you shall know them by their character, not by their gift. And I've decided that if your character doesn't match your gift, it doesn't matter how gifted you are, I don't want to deal with you. Go ahead. Genesis 49. Mm -hmm. That I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. He said, there are things to come. I want to give you advanced knowledge. But I need you to come together. This is not about one person. And if we don't come together, action, if we don't begin to come together and do something together and stop all these divisions among us and everybody trying to be big and I'm, and I'm older than you and I'm this and I'm, I've been around, you've been around so well. Show me, show me something. Show me, you've been around, okay, let me see your works. Show me something. If you have nothing to show, shut up. And we are allowing our age and who we are to divide our ranks. And we are sitting down and things are overtaking us. And we are not humble enough to make adjustment and to change. We're not humble enough to realize that something is wrong. Let's judge ourselves. Let's begin to examine our hearts. Let's examine our motives. What are we doing wrong? And let's do the right thing. But we sit there. And I, I preached in a church years ago in a certain city. And the man of God said to me, he said, 
uh, I want you to just bless the people, raise an offering. And he told me, I shouldn't talk about some things. And I was surprised. And I realized that he has portrayed himself to be everything, apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist, everything. He was so insecure that he didn't want anybody to shine more than him in his pulpit. And he was willing to let his people die and be destroyed just to maintain image. And that is what is happening in our churches today. We don't let anybody in our pulpit. We don't let anybody. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, that you have to guard the pulpit. It's not everybody you let in. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that just give your pulpit to everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But you are not anointed than all the fivefold ministries. And nobody, no one individual operates in all the fivefold ministries. I met somebody who said, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm a teacher, I'm an evangelist. I'm... I said, praise the Lord, brother. I said, brother, you are too anointed for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a good day. Have a good day. You are too much for me. Only Jesus was all the fivefold ministry gave. He was the only one anointed without measure. He received the oil and the anointing and the spirit without measure. Every one of us are restricted to a particular office at a particular time. You can't be everything. And it's also ignorance. Because I was telling them in the service this morning, I said one of the greatest error in the body of Christ is the fact that we are not continuing in the doctrines of the apostles. We don't even understand what the doctrines of the apostle is. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines. We're not dealing with doctrines anymore. We're just preaching. So we have a bunch of people in our church that have no foundation. They have no depths. They haven't taken roots downwards. They are not bearing fruits. They get ahead over everything, offended over everything, carried by every wind of doctrine. Anything moves them. What are we doing? Go ahead. Verse 2. Verse 2. Gather yourself together and hear. Again, he repeated. He said, he, verse 1, he said, gather yourself. Verse 2, he said, gather again. Go ahead. Ye sons of Jacob, uh -huh. and hearken unto Israel your father. Uh -huh. Verse he 3. Said, he said, stop there. Verse 3 is something I don't want to touch. If I go there, <laughs> that one is heavy. Dealing with firstborns. And dealing with those who uncover their father's nakedness. Dealing with those who compete with their father. Yeah. And want to outsmart their father. And they love the very meat their father loves. Yeah. These are people who proclaim themselves to be more anointed than their fathers. The Absalons. The Adonijahs. The Luciferians. I don't want to go there. But he said, gather yourself. There are things that we'll never know about the future as long as we stay on our own. The Bible said, one shall put a thousand to flight. One. And God said, if I have two in agreement, instead of two putting two thousand, I will let two thousand become ten thousand. He sent them two by two, where two or three are gathered. Hear me, we are always better together than alone. That's right. As long as you stand alone, there are battles in life you never win. You never win. There got to be somebody you listen to. I'm telling you. There come a time. There come a time. When you are facing it, you're going through it, there has to be one person somewhere upon the face of the earth that you can stand naked and not be afraid that they'll use it against you and say, brother, my sister, pray with me. But if you are one who have nobody you can trust and nobody in this life you can call in the time of pain and crisis to stand with you, you're in trouble. In this life, if you can have just one person, just one person among the billions that you can start naked before and you know that they will never use it against you, you are blessed. 
that is a heavy blessing. Yeah, that is a blessing. That there's one person in this life among the billions that you can stand stripped naked before and you know that it will not be used against you until you have that one person. You are not blessed. And when you find that one person, shield that person, preserve that person, protect that person, and overlook the faults and the mistakes of that person. Because you see, in this life, eh, I was telling one of my sons the other day, I said, son, every now and then, you meet people. And sometimes, you will see Jacob. Then another time, you will see Israel. Same person, two in one. Jacob and Israel. What you going to do? You throw them away because of Jacob? No. You have to overlook Jacob. And you have to focus on Israel. And I said in life, Whatever you see people do at every given time of their life is the best they know how to do. And if they know any better, they would have done it. So learn to give people the benefit of the doubt. Learn to overlook the mistakes of people. Because everybody lives with something and everybody is dealing with something. Stop being critical of people. Stop passing judgment and verdicts on people. Give people the benefit of the doubt as much as you can. And as long as you leave, people are going to hurt you anyway. And if you don't stop running and stand, you keep running all your life. I know folks in church, they've been running since they got born again. A lady was in one of my, she was in the main church, a single mother. She came to me for money. I helped her. And Bishop Obod, I said, this lady, don't trust her. Then my bank manager said, Papa, this one, she's 419. And I said, she's a single mother. Her children are in trouble. I just can't stand by. My mother was a single mother. I saw how she struggled. I got to do something. And he said, you can, but I'm just telling you, this one, I didn't listen. And I guaranteed a loan for her. And I said, how long do you need? How much time do you need to pay back? She said, three months. I told the bank, give her one year, I'll guarantee it. One year came and passed. And I said to her, girl, what's going on? She said, Papa, I'm sorry. I got the money, but I had to use it for something. And I said, when are you going to pay? She said, I'm working on it. And after a while, she got mad. And she left my church and went to another church on the Spinkers Road, one of my son's church. So I went to preach for my son. And whilst I was preaching, I saw her sitting down there. I almost said, I'm robber. I almost said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, there's an I'm robber in your church. Oh. And I said, you know what? Let me hold my peace. I didn't say anything. I didn't say a word. I just saw her and I finished preaching. I said, Pastor, can I go home? You are going to meet all kinds. You got to know how to handle it. Because in the church, there is the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the church, we have sheep and we have goats. In the church. Sheep and goat. I'm speaking to some right now. Those who scatter the brethren. <clears throat> what you are trying to gather, they are scattering you. Got to know how to navigate through all that. First John 1, 7, he said, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. Do you have fellowship with the brethren? These are not the days to break away. You can never justify breaking away from the brethren. And all these new things that has come, I'm moving on. The Lord said, I should move on. Move to where? <laughs> eh? It's all foolishness. Move on. Moving to where? You couldn't even succeed and made it when you were undercovering. 
and now that you're on your own. Let's stop all those foolishness. These are not the days to be on your own. These are the days to be together. Say, we are better together. Come on, say, say, we are better. Say, we are better together. If even God Almighty said, let us, then who do you think you are? You can never function and succeed on your own. I'm telling you. I've been in situations, but for one or two others that I had a strong relationship with to cover me, I won't be standing here. There come a day and a time when your gift can't help you. And when you need someone else's gift, when you need someone else's anointing, and you can't access someone else's gift and anointing when you don't have relationship and communion and fellowship with them. Don't be quick to break fellowship. Some of you are too quick to break fellowship. Every small thing, I've cut him off. I'm not returning your calls. Block him out. Block. Pow. And you feel good. I blocked him. I blocked her. I'm not returning the call. You feel good. You feel so good. It's all foolishness. It's ignorance and it's pride and arrogance. Yeah, that's what you are. Learn to deal with people as people. And what you don't want anyone to do to you, don't do it to others. And I'm not saying, listen, there are some people who call me. I, I have these strange numbers. A lady, she keeps calling. I was telling my wife the other day. And she just called, I just want to say I miss you. I just want to say I miss you. And she seemed calling. And the other day, I was telling Rosie, I said, you know, there's a sick lady here who just keeps calling with different, different numbers. So I'm trying to hand over my number to someone else, my phone, so I get a new number. I said, she's just sick, sick, sick. You miss me. <laughs> when did you know me to miss me? <laughs> when did you encounter me to understand my moves and what I carry and what I'm capable of for you to miss me? I don't know why you are laughing. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, if we, if, we, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship. So when I see anybody who doesn't fellowship with others and the brethren, I know you have a problem. Listen, it doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how much you justify your point. I know you have a problem. And I always go with the word of God. God is better, smarter, intelligent, and wiser than you and I. If you are walking in the light, as he is in the light, it doesn't matter what. You have fellowship with the brethren. Amen. And if you don't, you're walking in darkness and not in the light. You're in the darkness. You have to be able to fellowship with the brethren. You have to relate to the brethren. And there are no angels in the church. The church is full of sick people. This is a spiritual hospital. Yes, sir. We've come to Dr. Jesus Amen. to heal us. So stop looking for angels. You never find one. The angels are in heaven. You want to see an angel go to heaven? That's where they live. They don't live here. Here is fallen men and women trying to be perfected. Strange human beings, strange animals. When you get to heaven, ask Noah what happened to him. Yeah. Somebody said, as for Archbishop, his church is Noah's Ark. And somebody said, why? He said, hey, there are strange human beings in action. <laughs> and they said, we don't know how he survives with all of them. By grace. Yeah. But the safest place to be is in the Ark. Yes, sir. As much as there was so much mess with all those animals. Can you imagine hippopotamus, frog, cat, dog, crocodiles, scorpions, snakes, 
Name them. They were all in the ark. And they were all doing their thing. This one was fiery here. That one was fiery here. This one was yawning here. They were all in the ark. As messy as it was in the ark, it was the safest place to be. You know what the enemy does? Sometimes, you know what he does? Every now and then, he will make the safest place to be on earth the most messy place to get you to run out. And there is nothing out there but a flood and destruction. So before you leave, consider. Because there's nowhere safe than in the ark. The safest place to be. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. Stay fellowship. Come with me to Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42, quickly. 42. And they continued steadfastly. Continued. And he. They. And she. They. But who? They. Say they means us. They. Say they. 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 They what? They continue. They what? They continue. Say continuity. Continuity. Yeah. Steadfastly. In the apostles' word. Doctrine. It's a big issue we have to deal with. Our scholars have to start searching. And one of these, I'm going to teach you what the apostles' doctrines are. We haven't taught this generation the doctrines of the apostles. So they don't even know it. Go ahead. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And they doctrine. what? Continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Uh -huh. And fellowship. And what? Fellowship. And what? Fellowship. And what? And what? Fellowship. We are not fellowshipping anymore. There's no fellowship. And I said to you, action members, you got to start coming together once every month. Fellowship. Rent a place like this. Come together. Fellowship. Continue in fellowship. And let each bishop, this bishop will minister this month, the next month, another bishop. Bless one another. Fellowship. Build bridges. Don't burn bridges. Don't be too smart. Don't be too gifted. Well, you don't need anybody. You look down upon everybody. You despise everybody. You have issues with everybody. Critical of everybody. You never build. You never amount to anything if you have that kind of a spirit. Fellowship. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Do you have fellowship? Are you in fellowship? Go ahead. And in breaking of bread. Breaking of bread. We're not sharing anymore. There's no sharing anymore. You know what we're doing here tonight? Is, is, is breaking bread. Breaking bread. This morning I preached here for Pastor David Entry. And he said, Papa, you can use my equipment and everything for action service tonight. That is breaking bread. That is sharing. We don't break bread. Everybody is holding on to what they have. We don't expose what we have to one another anymore. Everybody is on the edge. Everybody is afraid. He's going to take my blessing. He's going to take my member. He's going to take. What is wrong with you? Tell somebody, what is wrong with you? Tell somebody and say, why are you like that? Amen. Tell someone and say, you, you are not laughing at all. You. Your countenance is, are you a suspect? Are you a suspect? The thing is tricking. It's tricking somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Go ahead. Follow. Breaking of bread. We don't break bread anymore. We don't share anymore. Everybody holds back. You don't want anybody to know what you have? You don't share. Go ahead. And in prayers. In prayers. We don't pray together. There's no more corporate prayers in the church anymore. Individuals are not praying much more corporate prayers. When we have issue, we keep it for one another. We don't want anyone to know we have a problem. But there come a time when there are so many issues we deal with in our lives that you alone can handle it. You need to tell the brethren. Tell somebody, tell the brethren. But you know why we don't tell the brethren? Fear. Insecurity. Distrust. Competition. 
Because if I tell you my problem, everybody will go to, everybody's going to know. So we, we are afraid to share our pain and our challenges and our brothers with others. Because if you dare reveal your pain and what you're going through with your children, with your family, your wife, your husband, your loved ones, it's going to spread. Instead of a prayer meeting, it will become a talker meeting and a gossiping meeting. So the distrust, everybody keeps to themselves. And we are dying. We are hemorrhaging. We are bleeding. And if we would just come together and say, please pray with me. Pray with my kids. Pray for my family. Pray for my marriage. Pray for my ministry. I'm in trouble. I need a brethren to pray. Please pray. You don't have to give us the details. But we can't do that anymore because I'm afraid that if you ever get to know I have a problem, you'll finish me next Next, it's going to be on social media. Yeah. You take me to town and uncover my nakedness and let everyone, hey, Charlie, have you heard? Have you heard? That's the latest. People call me all the time, Papa, have you heard? And I say, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> Want to send it? I say, don't send me anything. If it will not edify me, if it will not build me up, if it's not going to add to my anointing, don't send it to me. Send it somewhere else. Don't come and put your trust on me. I got to protect my heart. I got to protect my emotions. Guard your heart with all diligence. Don't come and throw things at me. Yes. They continue in prayers. Do you know what will happen? If we will start praying together, if we will start having corporate prayers, praying for one another's branches, praying that we will find church buildings, that our churches will grow when we start coming together and truly pray with the love of God, with a pure motive for one another, wishing one another well. Do you know the kind of power that it produces? You know, the Bible said, when the prophet went to the brook, God said, I've commanded what? A raven to do what? To feed you. Then he said, at Zarephath, I've commanded who? Look at Psalm 133. Look at something there. We, we don't get it. Hear me. When God sees unity, he can't help it but to command. And hear me, when God commands, there is no devil or demon that can resist his command. But that command does not come until we fulfill our righteousness. Are you hearing me, somebody? He said there he commands what? He commands what? And life forevermore, long life. And hear me, there is a forgiveness and there is a cleansing of the blood that is guaranteed if we walk in fellowship with the brethren. Because you don't even have to confess it. I will cleanse you from unconfessed sins if you just stay in the fellowship of the brethren. People are hurting in the church and they are carrying it alone. They come to church, they take it home because they are afraid. They feel insecure. If I make a mistake and tell my business, that is it. Especially in this age of social media. I don't allow phones in my office because they come, they're taking pictures of everything. While they're talking to you, they are sending information out. They take a picture with you, boom, next thing is on social media, trending. This generation is sick. And hear me, we don't stand a chance until we come together. The nations, you see what is happening in Ukraine? <clears throat> They should have joined the European Union a long time ago. They wasted too much time. And when Russia saw that, you know what? <clears throat> if I don't move now, and they joined NATO, NATO that's it. Yeah. Yes. That's the enemy. I will strike now. We don't have time. We need to come together now. Yeah. It is now or never. Because if we stand alone, you don't stand a chance. You are no force to the enemy. The Bible calls him the old devil. He's older than you. He's older than your grandfather. 
Talk to me. Come with me to Matthew 18, 20. Matthew 18, 20, Hebrews 10, 25. And I'm going to stop and hand over the communion service. Matthew 18, 20. Uh -huh. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. For where one? Two. For where one? Two. For where what? Two or three. Together in my name. Yeah, uh, five minutes. Say together. Yeah. Say we are better together. We are. We are always better together. Hebrews 10 25. Hebrews 10 25. Uh -huh. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Ourselves? Together. Come on, use the word. Say together. Together. Say we are better. We are better. Say always better. Always better. Together. Turning in my favor. We know you are blessed by that word of God and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books, and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven. 3615111 Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings.